Welcome to the Mexico Business Now podcast. This is A View from the Top, an open space for industry experts to share knowledge, information, and expertise on the most relevant topics, events, and happenings on their corresponding sectors. Welcome everyone to the newest edition of the Mexico Business Now podcast. I'm your host, Sofia Hanna, and here with us today is Alejandro Maceroni, General Manager Mexico of Mambu. Mambo is a SaaS, cloud-native, API-driven banking and financial services platform. It is designed to power financial innovation, to bring solutions to market faster, drive down cost barriers, and allow ecosystems to expand. Alejandro, it's great to have you on our podcast. Thank you for coming. Thank you, Sofia, for the invitation. I'm glad to be here. Alejandro, before we start with the questions, I'd like to give you the space to introduce yourself, Mambu, and your role within the company. Well, I think you mentioned the most important things in the introduction, But let me add two things. My first responsibility in a global company is to take care of Mexico. That includes the expansion of Mambo in Mexico, the current customers, and to be the liaison between, let me say in that way, what happens in Mexico translated to the headquarters in Europe, right? So that's principally my role. Something to add in terms of Mambo, I think that in those days, the evolution of the core banking solution make us specialized in a more professional way in a specific part of the life cycle of financial services. And Bamboo is specialized specifically on the servicing of the financial products, like for example, wallets or transactional accounts, loans, whatever it is from buy now pay later to commercial loans, and for example, the term deposits, just to give you a quick additional information about Mambo. Perfect, Alejandro. Could you tell us a little about yourself as well? Well, um, maybe a couple of things to add. I'm from Argentina originally, but I've been living in Mexico since 2011. So I'm almost reaching the 12 years in Mexico. I really love the country. My first assignment was for two years. And here you see me 12 years after. <laughs> Great, Alejandro. You were trapped by the Mexican culture then. <laughs> my two kids are from here, not from Argentina. I have my heart split in two. <laughs> well, Alejandro, let's go into the questions I've prepared for you. First off, I would like to know, what would you say consumers really want from their banks nowadays? What are some of the key elements to build successful ecosystems in financial services at the present time? Uh, let me split that part in two. I think that What the consumer expects are not just from banks. They expect that from any kind of services, right? The consumers want to apply the same principles that they apply, for example, of Netflix. They want to apply it to a financial institution. They want to receive relevant products and services, no matter where they are, and any time of the day, right? It's funny, but they want their bank or the financial institution they use to be the Netflix of the financial services. And I think that what they bring in terms of their requirements, they manifest to the institutions and that they expect the products to be personalized or even hyper-personalized based on their needs and their behavior, right? And the other thing that is relevant is how they want to consume that. They want immediate access to the services and want to understand quickly and right away the relevant information they need to make the decision and to execute that decision in a simplified and digital journey. Of in course. terms of the ecosystem, I think that that's the, the other way of the, of the coin, right? Because 
what the institutions need to build the right ecosystem in terms of financial services is first to understand what their prospect and customers need. After they understand that and they have a segment specified, a type of product specified in terms of the mission and vision of the company, then they use the technology as the foundation layer of, of that requirements to be able to build that ecosystem. And if you let me say, I think that the ecosystem is built on three pillars or three bases for that. One is what we know, and maybe it's too technical, if we want, we can go deeper on that. One of the main pillars is the architecture. They need to have open architectures that allow the institutions to have an open platform that let us deploy products to market in a way that is agile and flexible. Another thing in an hyper-connected world, I think that the API is a must. If the solution has no API first, technology-based, it makes no sense as the next step in terms of the evolution of the ecosystem. Because more and more every day, you need to connect to another providers, do alliances with partners, and that make your ecosystem be broader and fulfill the expectation of the customers. Another thing um, that we can deny is the presence of the cloud in those technologies. The cloud specifically allows the institutions to maintain the operations secure, stable, and reliable. And that's another thing that when the bad moments come, the customers want the institution to be backed up by the right technology, right? Just to conclude the topic, I think that what is more important is for the financial institutions to think in terms of collaboration between several partners to build that ecosystem in terms of competing against each other, trying to build everything, right? I don't know if it was clear or if you want me to clarify some part of my answer. I thought it was very clear and it goes perfectly with what I'd like to ask next, because these three pillars are quite relevant. However, we now see the trend of customer centricity, a laser focus on the customer and everything being customizable. So could you share with us how and why has customer centricity become so ingrained within fintech and have we yet reached the sweet spot between technology and personalization? Well, let me say that the fintechs were born to improve the delivery of the financial services in an automated way, because it's the, in my belief, is the only thing, the only way they can escalate to the levels they want to escalate, not just in terms of the time and the place, but in terms of the products they want to, to offer to the customer. And that was used to solve two fundamental problems, right? The first one is to enable financial services to individuals that they weren't or they didn't have access to that financial services or even have interest in a traditional offering that they were receiving from the traditional institutions. And above all of that, they want to improve the customer experience, whatever it is. And whatever it is, why? Because not everybody wants 100% digital, right? Some of the customers want to have the combination between, for example, an automated onboarding, but then an assistance in terms of maybe chatbots or maybe virtual assistance or even physical assistance during the whole process. But another thing that is relevant to mention is that what they do in terms of the fintech products is to offer the first access to whatever product is the first one. Maybe it could be a wallet to pay services. Maybe it's the first loan 
to take some vacations, whatever it is, the product. And therefore, when the customer becomes engaged and they use the platform in a mobile device or whatever is the preference of that channel to access the services, they keep evolving in terms of usability, in terms of the, what they want and what they receive from the institution. So that's building trust between the entity and the customer. And the customer continues to evolve when the institution, for example, starts with a simple product, like a, as I mentioned, a wallet to pay some services, and then they offer a loan to finance a product they want to buy with a wallet. I think that, as I mentioned at the beginning, is the first point of access and is based on customer needs. So that's how they become ingrained, as you mentioned, right? I don't think we reach the sweet spot yet. I think we, we evolve as the technology continues evolving and we apply that evolution to a customer journey. So we continue evolving in terms of what the customer wants and needs and what the entity can offer to them, right? Even we, we accelerate the rhythm of the adoption. I think that, for example, next generation technologies like artificial intelligence, for example, or more personalization than the products, it's on an early stage and could evolve more too. And I think it is interesting. A few years ago, customers didn't really have much of a say when it came to financial services. You would go with whichever bank gave you a credit card and you should feel lucky you were giving a credit. Nevertheless, the game has changed and due to all the options customers have, it is now banks who have to try and convince people. I think that, that's the most important thing. 20 or 15 years ago, there weren't many options. So as you mentioned, you start with one institution and you have your checking account, when you receive your payroll, when you buy your first car, even your mortgage, your retirement plan, whatever product it is. Today, based on what we discussed recently about the ecosystem, they were trying to find the best option for the requirements they need. So that's why the ecosystems get stronger in terms of the specialization of the products. And of course, in terms of the providers like Mambo that allow several types of institutions to provide those specialized services. Thank you, Alejandro. So with all that we're discussing, what role do digital banks play in the future of banking? That's a great question. Sometimes I need to detach my personal experience from the tendencies, right? What I think that the digital banks arrive is to, let me say, disaggregate what the fintechs do in terms of the services they're given, right? For example, they have the, the spirit and the, the customer centricity in their minds, but they offer several products. It's not just one product as a fintechs. So when you have a better, wider offer in terms of those services, they tend to aggregate those services, but in a fintech approach, right? So they took the best practices from the fintechs in terms of having one app to give all the services, but with the support and the strength of the traditional institution. So you have, I don't want to say the better of both words, but at least joining both words in a smart way. They connect the dots between the customer experience, the journey to acquire those services, and the knowledge and the support from the traditional institutions. If they fulfill their goal, it's going to be 
a really game changer, but it's going to be gradually adopted massively. For example, I'm totally savvy. I don't want to go to the branch and I have five or six products with the same bank, but because they give me a digital experience, that is what I'm expecting, right? So that's the, a great combination. And I really think that my bank should be a, a digital bank, for example, right? Of course, they still have some processes that are required to be done in a branch. But again, I think that's part of the evolution that they and I need to have in common, right? In terms of me of the adoption and they to get used to give that services in a non-physical way. Another thing that the, the digital banks will add in the future, let me say that way, to embed the financial services in an everyday living. And we, we do a lot of things during the day that involves financial services without doing the financial services. So that evolution, I think it's, it's the next step they need to have. And again, we mentioned things like scalable and agility. We mentioned things about artificial intelligence or so personalization, that thing, kind of things that will give us a better experience in terms of how we consume those financial services. And something we cannot overlook and I believe to be relevant because you mentioned the difference between digital banks and the branches, is that still not everyone can access digital banks. Banks can't just focus on digital banking since there are several types of customers. Now, we are talking about increasing access to financial services through technology, albeit digitization represents a possibility of advancement and growth. It can also lead to neglect for certain market segments. What are your thoughts in this regard? In case of Mambu, We were created as a concept to provide the best financial experience around the world. So we are breaking walls and building bridges in terms of what our customers can offer and gave the customer, my customer access to financial services in new segments or even in populations that are far away. But the main concept is to be faster, flexible and agile, right? I think that that's, that's an opportunity, not a threat. The correct use and the better use of the technology, it's an enabler. Right. Technology seen as an enabler, but I think we still have work to do. And the complicated part is that we keep developing the technology. However, some advancements keep leaving people behind. It is very complex. Let me add something without much disclosure, because I shouldn't give an specific example. For example, things like digital, for example, that is a combination between the physical world and the digital world is a way to access new customers in a combinated way. We can do better processes, automate another processes, but don't lose for those kind of customers that want that kind of interaction, don't lose that part. Even though we don't want to leave nobody behind, I think we can use the technology to improve the customer journey. It doesn't have to be one or the other. It's an evolution. And I believe that would be the best example of the sweet spot we previously mentioned. Fidgetal can be seen as an example of that. It is non-exclusive. Alejandro, now to start closing our conversation, if you could give some advice to people listening to this podcast regarding what we talked about here today, what would you tell them? Without being philosophical, right? I think that we need to realize that the time have changed. What we believe that used to be the financial services, they're not anymore. 
we need to be open to use technology as the main tool to provide quality and relevant, and let me say meaningful services to the population, right? I think we need to think out of the box. Well, traditional institutions need to think out of the box, right? I think that the worst thing to be is afraid of change. You can be conscious, you can be aware, you can be a lot of things, but never be afraid. And let me quote Brett King. He was in the conference in the IBM annual convention last week. And he addressed to the banks very directly. If you don't think that in five years, you need to use, for example, the cloud or for example, artificial intelligence, you won't survive. I do believe that, as we mentioned recently, it's a path that we need to cover that is not immediate, but we need to adopt it. Maybe it's not five years, maybe six, or maybe it's another thing that rush things like was COVID-19. And instead of doing it in five, five years, we need to do it in three. Maybe skip the, the time frame part, but it's something is going to happen. And I think it's going to happen faster than we think. Of course. And as you said, it is about being open to the process with an emphasis on openness, trying to avoid neglecting because it would mean neglecting what will happen in a few years and maybe not that long. We thought this would come in five years, I believe. Then the pandemic hit and we rushed and got there five years earlier. Yeah. yeah. And even in institutions, we did, we not even think about it. Very, very traditional institutions that need to give a specific service for a government mandate, for example, and they need to rush up things. Again, it's not the, maybe the happier example, but I, I think that COVID-19 make us do things that we don't even think about if we weren't for COVID-19. No, I totally agree, Alejandro. Now, if you could recommend a book or podcast that is related to the topics we have talked about here today, what would it be? I do love books, even if they're digital. That's another example of digital, right? I do love books, but I carry it in my tablet. So let me, based on what we discussed, let me give you like a couple of options. Um, depends on the level of knowledge and evolution that the person who hear that podcast have. I would recommend, for example, Breaking Banks, the Brad King, as we mentioned. Breaking Banks, and let me say that Bank 3.0 and 4.0, they're good options too. They're more close to what we are experiencing right now, right? Even if the, the title of the book is Breaking Banks, it applies to a lot of institutions, not just a bank, right? Another good one is more local. I think it's in Amazon, but just in Spanish. It's Cero de un Neobanco. It's CEO of a new bank or small talks with Justino. It's from Hector Ortega. It's more a funny approach, but I think that in the back of that is the awful truth we have to live every day, right? It's a great way to approach it, but it's so close to reality that scares me. No, and I love that you're talking about the book and smiling, just remembering from what you read. Exactly. <laughs> Yeah. Perfect, Alejandro. Are there any other personal recommendations you'd like to make, not necessarily related to our conversation? Yeah, um, I think that the previous question was great. Is not to be afraid. Be conscious, be whatever is you're feeling behind the afraid to be, it's okay. But don't be afraid because the paralysis is the worst thing we can do. If we paralyze, we'll be out of business 
anytime soon. Great, Alejandro. Those were all of the questions I had. I want to thank you for coming to the podcast and sharing your insights. I think it was very interesting and I really enjoyed this chat. So thank you so much. Thank you, Sofia. See you anytime you want. <laughs> Perfect. And for everyone listening to this episode, go check out Mambu, their website and social media. I think you have a YouTube channel where you have this type of conversations. If you're interested in knowing more, there is an option. Don't forget to follow us, leave a rating and a review on whichever streaming platform you're using to listen to this podcast. And don't miss out on our audio articles written by experts across all our industries. And we'll see you next Monday with a new View from the Top. Music